Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 116, and this episode came about because my dear friend Natalie Kilgore, who is in PR, uh, she and I were chatting, and she said, hey, you know, would you be interested in talking to people at the Cirque du Soleil? Because she knows people that were doing the PR for the Cirque du Soleil when they were in Nashville. And I said, uh, yes, absolutely, please, please do that. So <laughs> she connected me to uh, Sherry. I met Sherry and Nicole and uh, got to go and interview Maxwell Batista and Alexander, also known as Sasha, at least to me, uh, Udenstev uh, from the Cirque du Soleil, from the uh, uh, Corteo performance that they did in Nashville. Uh, I was gifted with two tickets to see the performance that night. It was breathtaking and spellbinding and uh, it was incredible. I brought my best friend Ellen Severe and uh, she has a better camera phone so she took some cool pictures. I'll post those up of course with the with the social media stuff but as always the links page is going to have video and, and information about Cirque du Soleil uh, in general so definitely check that out too. They're going to be touring all over the United States and in Canada with this particular show. Uh, I wrote down the dates, Jacksonville, Florida, August 1st through 5th, Charlotte, North Carolina, August 8th through 12th, Louisville, August, that's in Kentucky, Louisville, uh, August 15th through 19th. So if you are around those areas or, you know, just go to the Search of Soleil website and, and see when they're going to be performing in your town and go see it. And of course, they're always in Vegas. Um, and I highly recommend the, them all, really. I don't think you can go wrong. It's all beautiful. It's all incredible. Um, yeah, uh, the story is uh, that I saw is uh, about a clown, and it's his funeral, and he is imagining his funeral. It's very uh, mystical and and romantic and beautiful and funny, and uh, a little bit darkness here and there. It's it was it's really extraordinary. Uh, Sasha <laughs> is an acrobat and an actor and a juggler and holy cow, the, the things that these people can do, it's, it's mind boggling to me. It's really something to behold. Um, so yeah, I sat down with, with Maxwell and Sasha and they were so kind. I, they didn't have a lot of time that day, obviously, because they're running around trying to make this show happen. And so the fact that they sat down with me uh, so gracious, so lovely, and I really appreciate it. And most especially, I appreciate getting to see the show that night. Um, usual stuff, uh, social media, Hey Human Podcast. You know how to reach me, Susan, at heyhumanpodcast.com. I wanted to mention that I was asked to be on a podcast called Philosophy in My Sweet Role. And uh, Houston asked me to, to be on the show. Uh, and I did. I said yes. And then he said, all right, this is what the show's about. It's about philosophy. And he uh, is a, he's, um, sorry, I wanted to talk about Jesus and Christianity and spirituality and faith and all those things. And that's a topic I enjoy talking about. So I thought, why not? So check that out. Philosophy in my sweet role uh, podcast in the podcast places. Um, what else? Last plug before I head to Seattle for my big music show. It's August 6th, The Triple Door. Doors at 6, show at 7.30. The Triple Door is a gorgeous venue in Seattle, Washington. 
if you are in the vicinity, please go and say hi to me and check out the show. Tickets you can get through my website, SusanRuth.com. You can get from The Triple Door. You can go to tickets.thetripledoor.net. Lots of places. So definitely do that if you are so inclined. Um, yeah, so a reminder that if you shop on Amazon, if you go to the Amazon portal on heyhumanpodcast.com and do shopping like you normally would through that portal, it helps support Hey Human, and that's greatly appreciated. That's that's pretty much all I have for this week. Some really good stuff coming up. And as always, thank you for listening, and keep on, and yay, and all the good stuff, and all the happiness, and all the love. All right, here we go. All right, everyone. Max, Sasha, welcome to Hey Human Podcast. Thank you for having us here. Uh, Cirque du Soleil. It's very exciting. Yeah, I think so, yeah. We are super excited to be here in Nashville, so uh, yeah. It's, yeah. a, it's a good moment for us. The first time I saw Cirque du Soleil, I was telling you, I saw Mystere and I thought, oh, wow. and I was transfixed. I, I didn't want to leave my seat after the performances. I just wanted to be there for the rest of my life watching. <laughs> it's so beautiful. The good thing is that uh, you see a very different uh, style of uh, type of shows that we have, actually, because on Cirque du Soleil, we have the resident shows, like uh, both of the ones that you saw in Vegas, where we'll be the theater, we adapt the theater for that show. Or we ha- we also have the big top shows where we travel with the tent. And we travel usually from 80 to 90 containers, and we set up uh, everything that mm-hmm. we need. This one, it's uh, we need to go uh, to places where we have a big space uh, in order to be able to set up everything. And we have arena shows like Corte, where we travel with about 21 tracks. There's still a good amount of, of the tracks and, and material. But um, this one, we're able to go to other cities where we wouldn't create chaos with 90 containers arriving all at the same time. So uh, Corteo, uh, it, it's, it used to be under the big top, and now it's uh, performing arena. So you're going to start with a really good one for a touring show. Did you have to slim it down in order for it to be here at Bridgestone? or Not at all. You, you could encompass the whole... No, not at all. Yeah. Actually, the, this arena, it's really nice for us to be playing at uh, because it's a huge arena. It's new, it's modern, it's... Uh, Everyone, when we arrived yesterday, they were like, whoa, it's a super good place. It's, it's, it's exciting. Uh, uh, on, on both uh, backstage uh, uh, and on stage, uh, I think that we have a really nice place to be uh, performing. Mm-hmm. If all the places uh, that we go were like this, we would be always happy. That's good. Yeah, as an artist, there's, well, I'm not complaining, but it's nice to have a big arena. Yeah. Having a big, uh, big backstage, yeah. it's a privilege because you, you know, there's space to work out, there's space to juggle, mm-hmm. to do things. Versus small arena, we're 51 artists and sometimes we're clashing to each other. It's nice to have a big arena. Yeah. So 1984, the Cirque du Soleil was founded and in Montreal and then it just exploded. People went, oh my God, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen or did it take a while, a slow burn? Well, I don't think it would start just right away exploding everything. No, eh? Yeah, no, actually, uh, when it first started, we had a group of uh, 20 street performers that they were putting together a show. Uh, And uh, since then, uh, they started to grow, 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 and we started to create shows after shows. Uh, Our touring shows first started uh, in Canada and U.S. only. 
and then we started to create new shows and we'll be able to go to new uh, places, continents, and we'll be able to explore pretty much everywhere in the world. Uh, but there are still many different places that we haven't been yet. For example, right now we're going to new markets like India. We have a new show that uh, is just starting now and uh, going to India. They're going to be in Mumbai and then they're going to be traveling around. So there are still new places to go. But back uh, as everything started, uh, we had this group of 20 street performers that were in total between a technical team and everyone helping to put uh, uh, to make the show happen together. We had a, about 70 people and today we have uh, over 4,000 employees where 1,500 uh, artists in over 20 different productions and special events. Plus, we have our team working out in our headquarters in Montreal, and uh, everyone else they're working on uh, being part of our, all of our touring shows and resident shows. So it's a big family. It's a huge family. When you go to places like Mumbai, for example, do you try and incorporate the culture that is therein, or do you want to bring new culture and new ideas to those places? On all of our shows, uh, we have. Uh, many different disciplines and things, cultures, uh, things that uh, we bring to make the show happen. When you see a show, they're not talking one language. Uh, on Corteo, you hear our characters speaking many different languages. Mm -hmm. The main character, for example, they're, they're a little bit of Italian, of, of, of uh, Spanish, or um, yeah. English, French, all mixed up. So this way you're able to understand. But some of our shows, we don't have people speaking at all. They make sound, they find different ways to communicate with people. This way, uh, everyone that is watching the show, they find a way to uh, connect themselves. So where they're from, doesn't matter from, doesn't matter uh, what do you do, uh, what is your background, you're gonna be able to understand something on the show and you don't have to talk for that. Uh, for this specific project, we have uh, um, acts that are inspired in the Indian culture and in this case uh, there's a very special link for that show that will be brought for for this new project i'm super excited about it but corteo for example uh, there is a mix of uh, italian more european french culture all mixed together on this uh, and everyone when they come to the show it doesn't matter if you're from the us from brazil in my case Oh, I don't know, but whichever country you're from, you find something that you identify yourself, you see yourself on that show. Because even beyond that, on this on this show specifically, we have human beings on stage. So characters like Sasha, you'll be, you see him screaming and making noises a lot on the stage. I love to, to hear him screaming on stage and uh, not screaming, but making noises and uh, noise it's super fun. Or noise of happiness or yes. noise of... And, uh, and having fun because uh, Sasha is always telling us that he, he's always having fun uh, beyond of doing his own character on stage. Well, I personally think everyone should go that way. As if you don't have fun on stage, you either tired or you better quit doing mm. what you do. That's, that's my personal opinion. Sasha, where are you from? I'm from Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. And where are you from next? I'm from Brazil. Brazil. So when I saw the, the performances that I saw, what I loved so much, and you spoke to this, is when you are hearing all these languages and all the music, and sometimes the music, the words are made up. It's not even, it's just intonations and sound. And, and in that moment, I find myself wanting everyone on the planet to hear it because in that moment, I think, see, this is exactly what it is. This is what it really is. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what you look like. You have, you know, crazy makeup on or strange outfits or you could be flying from the sky, you know. But it's such a grounding um, 
encompassing feeling to be a part of the audience and to be I love it so much it's really beautiful we can even go beyond that because uh, you mentioned that the I would say the first things that we would notice that it's the music and costume and things that happen on stage but uh, there are so many things behind that um, there are thought that's so much thought put together to make sure that you're paying attention to the right detail for example when you're watching the chandelier act the girls uh, we have three chandeliers on uh, above the stage they have someone singing the main singer he's singing a beautiful song in italian and french mixed uh lyrics and then uh the main character at some point he's kind of talking and saying the name of the girls because they represent the loves that he had on his life but there are a few moments there they're gonna be doing their tricks on each chandeliers but there are three big chandeliers too much light there are four people plus the characters on the side the singers like you don't know where to look at but then when one of them is doing a specific trick that we must pay attention to that trick we we are supposed to pay attention to that trick the lights change but it changed slightly in a way that uh, we are lighting up just that chandelier and you won't notice when the light it's smoothly changing so suddenly you have lights on all three of them and then it's changing a little bit and have light only on her one of the girls is going up doing her trick when she touches the floor the lights will change and we'll go to the next one and you without notice we just change your face i know that i'm doing faces here people it's won't okay. be able to see it but you'll be you'll be changing uh the the, uh, the place you're looking at it's like yes it's like oh, you look to the other chandelier and the next one and then you look to the other one and you don't notice that we are taking your attention from one place to the other mm-hmm. not only we find different ways to communicate with people so the speaking is one of them the music but everything that's happening in there they're there for a reason mm-hmm. to make sure that uh, you understand and we don't want people to be noticed that as well and people to feel what you just described to disconnect mm-hmm. themselves of whatever's happening in the outside world and um, be there stuck in that moment so the light is its own dancer yes well light is a big part of it yeah talking about the tension of doing something in our show on our stage there is not even like a little centimeter to hide yourself. You're always visible on stage. Once you step on stage, you're always visible. You always have to be in character. That's how you call experience. That's how you call being professional. Mm-hmm. If you lo- if you went off your character, that's it. You, it's, you can see. Audience will see. Even if you look at like man action, you still have to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. How did you come to be a part of it? Ooh. Well, it's a long story. It's okay. <laughs> well, I did, I did power tumbling, okay. if you know what it is. I do it's, know power tumbling, yeah. Yeah, for 16 years, I think. I was uh, in the national team of Kazakhstan for 10 years. I did four World Cup competitions. So you started young. I started you when would I was have to, I guess. six or seven years okay. old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I count that. It's been like 27 years of jumping, or 26, too much. So yeah, uh, me and my coach, we decided, because well, in Kazakhstan, back in Kazakhstan, it's hard to compete and actually get money because it's not Olympic sport. And he told me, well, we can, we can try, you know, to make videotape and send it to Cirque. So we send it and I still did competition. And like two weeks later, a week later, they call me and they invite me to do general formation in Montreal. My coach was not really happy because he, he, he would lose me. Mm-hmm. A, but he let me go and uh, we'll start back to summer 2007, July of 2007. Wow. Yeah, I did a, create a, a formation for Teeterboard Act. Um, I got a contract for that act. 
How did you uh, have to change, let's say, your diet or your uh, mental... You uh, know, talking about diet? No, we don't have to. As long as you stay in shape. Yeah. You, you can eat whatever you, you want. You can eat whatever you want. You, all have to, yeah. you must burn thousands of calories in a performance. We, yeah, you, we do. Yeah. We do. What is your favorite of what you do? What do you like the most? So I started doing teeterboard and steer wheel act. I like that. That's the, yeah, that, that, the seesaw board, yeah. thing? Seesaw. Yeah. I've been doing that for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. But then I injured my ankle. Mm-hmm. Then I recovered and there was a spot of trumpet acts in our show. And I was lucky enough to actually get that position. Okay. And being a character that calls uh, Clownagust, which also fit to me. It's a clown. It's a, a character that fits me. I, I don't have to change what I do. It's what I'm doing in the life. Yeah. I'm doing the same thing on stage. Okay. Being myself, You're happy, clown. silly, <laughs> lost, it, lost in a way. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah. That's yeah. it. It's nice to do different things, and I also start juggling, mm-hmm. and I fall in love with it. With it, and I'm uh, doing backup act now, the Diablo on stage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you mentioned that there's so many of you and you become a, a big family, but what happens when you're like, oh, I can't stand that clown. Friction? <laughs> yeah. We call that friction. Uh, well, it's... Mm, How do you resolve those kind of conflicts when you're traveling that, together? That, and yeah, that's why we have some time off, which is yeah. 10 weeks work, two weeks off. You cool down, you come back, and you're happy again. Two weeks on, two weeks off? No, no, we have 10 weeks, ten uh, weeks, ten weeks on. on. Yeah. yeah, 10 weeks on. It helps. But uh, it's like in, in, in the life, no? Yeah. You have this friction everywhere. Sure. Outside, in, like inside your family, yeah. you just learn how to deal with it. The, but the trust level that you must have to have with each other you because have to have that. you're no, hanging by threads. No matter <laughs> what relationship you have, once you step on stage, you forget that. Yeah. If you have friction, if you are angry to someone, you just get rid of that when yeah. you're on stage. You cannot, yeah. That's how you call it again, experience. And, being professional. When you were young, did you look to Cirque and think, oh, I want to do that someday, or was it just happenstance that you came to do Back it? when I was in sport, no, I didn't. No. I just did tumbling and nothing else. I just wanted to see sport and compete and winning, nothing else. Mm-hmm. But when I was like a teenager age, and I, well, I heard like about Cirque from my friends, I, no, it was not my dream, to be honest. Yeah. But then I started like it. And and now it's your life. It's my life now. Yeah. What happens it's, when you retire from the Cirque du Soleil? What do you, is it, they give you an elephant know, when, and yeah. send you on your way? <laughs> when That'd people ask me, what are you going to do when you're off stage? Not sure yet because I'm still doing it and I will do that. You do it for a long time. What is the retirement age of a, of a performer? Oh, it's again personal. If you're oh. an, acro- an acrobat, if you're a juggler, if you're a clown, oh, if you're okay. a singer, depends. And out like, you know, we're all different. Yeah. Some acrobats can be jumping until 45, 50 years. There, there, is a, there are a few examples uh, that are very different. Uh, for instance, uh, I used to work on another show called Varakai, where there we had uh, one of the musicians, a drummer. He was, he was on that show for 15 years, the, li- the complete lifetime of that show, and he never missed one single performance, which was even more interesting about him. But uh, he was there for the entire show as a drummer. Uh, on Cortel, for example, we have we we have the one of the coaches. He used to be on stage on mm-hmm. Cortel under the big dog, and then years later he became a coach. Uh, usually, people when they're in sports, they might be doing uh, participating in competitions, and later they become trainers, coaches, and uh, show their the give the that 
the training uh, show new skills to new people and like teach people yeah so um, it, the same can happen here so Sasha he has a very good experience on stage not only doing acrobatic performances but acting uh, and participating of uh, the recreation process of Corteo he used to work on a, on a different show as well so I would say that this is the best example of flexibility that you see here on our artists that uh, they bring something about themselves he's an actor he's an acrobat He's uh, he's all, all the, the the good match, the, like the perfect kid for us, and uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, one day this guy will be giving his knowledge to to more people and teaching people. Yes, so for example, Cirque du Soleil versus traditional Russian circus. I'm nothing against Russian circus, but normally, there you if you are an acrobat, you're an acrobat. That's what you do. Nothing else beside that. Mm. Here, you it's not enough. It's literally not enough. You need to be able to even sing, dance, act. So you, with years you learn that and you eventually you want to feel like sharing with people. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe that I'm going to be able to share my knowledge eventually. Absolutely. So as, as a whole, the entire troupe, do they come together to create every story or is that, are there particular people that write the story and then... The process takes about three years from the moment that we decide to create a new show where uh, we come up with the main concept Mm -hmm. and then we start the process where we get people specialized on on different things Uh, the designers for example we have the creator of the show and director and then we start to bring the designers stage designer makeup designer uh, costume designer sound lighting uh, everyone that must be involved in the creation process of of that show for that concept uh, once we have uh, we are halfway through this process, we start to bring the artists. Okay, we want this or that act incorporated on this show. So we bring the artists and they participate on the creation process, uh, bringing their skills. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. It's like mm, this act doesn't look good uh, for that moment, or that act doesn't fit for that. And then uh, once that the guys uh, they are trained enough and good to do, to be performing that act, they start to incorporate the costume. And then they need to adjust the light because one of the guys, one of the jugglers, they'll be playing, but the light it's right in front of him and it's on the on his face. Oh no, the light there doesn't work for that trick. We must put the light on the side. Or oh, we can have the light here while he's doing in a specific trick, but for the next three seconds of that trick, we need to just change the light quickly so he's able to do that. The same for the girls when they're the chandeliers. There are some moments that the light cannot be facing some way when they're doing a trick or the light cannot change until they're touching the floor for the safety. Mm. So this process of the act uh, must be created thought and create uh, doing the, the creation process where they're going to be putting all the pieces together okay this work this doesn't work or oh, the costume oh that costume it's working no that one maybe doesn't work because uh, he's not, not able enough. to stretch enough yeah. or it doesn't uh, look good doesn't like you know and then they need to change the type of the material the costume adapt something so this whole process of creation adaptation and readaptation to the final uh, project that we have it takes about two years and sometimes even more for Quartel we first had in 2005, but then 2015, uh, we finished the, the Big Top Tour. And then for about two years, we were thinking, we we're thinking, I was telling you early, how are we going to bring the show to an arena? And then we had to think, how can we set up a stage like this in only one day? 
put everything apart in only four hours like we do here and be able to fit in 21 trucks and go to the next place it's insane it is so this part uh, and uh, how are we gonna be able to uh keep the costumes uh, in good condition so the costumes that, that sasha uses for example it can last between six months and two years because uh just like our normal clothes that we use every day, he's using his costumes every day and he's jumping and doing crazy things and we constantly need to be doing a new one or his shoes must be painted every two weeks or every week because just like our shoes, it can scratch and he's doing some crazy things on stage that you don't even see. Besides, we need to think about their safety as well. The shoes, the the bottom of the shoes cannot be uh, wasted. So the rubber because it gets slippery so it's not safe enough or, uh, so we need to be uh, readapting the shoes and re making a new shoes so every night when he goes on stage he knows that he can focus on his act and we have all this team backstage that mm. is taking care of all these details how many hours a week do you train sasha i'm personally or yeah like you personally yeah. well um, like good eight to, to ten hours a week yeah no no a day a day so including shows that's that's like two shows a day, I spend like 12 hours a day yeah. on site. Be because I'm not just jumping, as I said. You do all those you, other things. So I, you have to, you must do your conditioning to keep your knees, ankles, shoulders in the shape. Beside that, juggling, trampoline act, a bit of acting, a bit of stretching. That mm -hmm. takes time. How old is the youngest member of the troupe? We have 23, I believe. How many members you said? No, no, the youngest. Ah, oh. the youngest, uh, 22. 22, yes. Yeah, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And the oldest, it's uh, a bit over 60. I joined Cortel when I was 20 back then. Yeah. Yeah, but now 22. Right. Yeah, rough. Um, but are, the, the oldest. Are there's, there's, no, has there ever been younger than that? In the on, the, on this show, uh, uh, I don't think so, but it in other shows, you know, she was 18. Have, she was oh, eight. yeah, that's We true, had a girl, true. actually. So if you're under your age, now you cannot have be under your age. We, we no longer have, yeah. uh, we, we used to have a, a under 18 years old but uh, then performers, but uh, it's difficult to keep uh, this lifestyle for them because they had to be uh, studying, mm. doing home no, schooling. It's, it's not even that because you used the, to, the, you, law. the law used to have like sort of babysitting, not babysitting, someone in charge for you off, yeah. off. Yeah, off stage. That makes sense. Yeah, like they do in film and TV. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They need but to do homeschooling, and then at night they need to be performing. And uh, in some places they cannot be performing to certain time. Yeah, we also need to have someone traveling with them, and uh, it, it it's uh, the logistic behind that. It's so complex mm -hmm. that uh, it uh, is not for every type of show that uh, uh, we're able to keep. Uh, but also remember intro. myself being twenty, I feel well maybe because of experience. Probably because of that, I feel way more comfortable being on stage. The way you're thinking, the way you see, it's like football player. Where you're young, you don't see where to, you know, send the ball. It's also using your brain on stage. It's not just hey, I do my backflip or yeah. double back. It's not. It's, it's not just that. Yeah. It's well It's like work with people, communicate with people. So mm -hmm. being 18, it's in <laughs> my in my opinion, it's a little bit too early. It's too young. Mm -hmm. Do you get nervous when you're going to start a new, uh, new tumble or yeah, yeah. I mean just a new um, trick? It's got to be it's, and you just push all that out of your. We brain. don't call it nervous. It's a bit of excitement. Excitement. It's, yeah. Okay. Nervous, like having like again. I, I used to compare going on stage, even like after like two weeks off, you have this adrenaline, nice like butterflies, yeah, mm -hmm. or like competition, like 
World Cup when you just raise your hand and you jump once and that's it. Either you either win or lose. It's different, but in a sense, it's it's, it's nice. It's nice feeling. It's not being nervous. It's being adrenaline. I would call it versus competition. You actually nervous. Mm. And for me, someone asked me the other day, how you take your like shit together. I'm sorry to say no, that. You it's can just say anything yeah, on this yeah. Show. Like again, <laughs> competition helped me to like to train and you like you're nervous and just and go and do what you need. We need to do. Yeah, I I'm glad that I did sport. It helped me because sometimes doing premier, especially being a juggler, doing the Diablo, if you're nervous, it's like a snowball. You drop and you're gonna continue mm -hmm. dropping. Mm -hmm. You need to because some people cannot deal with it. Mm -hmm. What I do you do to relax then? So How do you relax when you're done with all this stuff and you get your two weeks off? What do you do? Ah, uh, well, I don't know. Sightseeing, eating. Like, do you get to I, see I, each of the I, cities that you go to? Yeah, we do. I like acting, uh, like days of doing things, seeing things. Yeah. How well, about you? Some too? people different. Some people like to sleep. Some people going home. Some people. Yeah. Well, when I do have the time, I like to go around as well. But uh, mostly when we have the two weeks off, uh, working, yeah. I do love to travel around. For mm. me, I almost never go back home. I'm always going somewhere else. It's nice. It's a privilege to to work and travel and. Get yeah. to see things, see it. I imagine you see really fantastical things in your travels because you get to go all over the world and we well I I do yeah yeah so because some people again when people get like tired of like seeing things on two weeks off mm -hmm. it, in my opinion it's time to settle down and just because once you're losing this it, it means you're done and I think uh, we grow up a lot as human beings because we meet we see so many places and we meet so many different people yeah. mm -hmm. we learn to be more open uh, it's like doing an exchange and uh, yeah I think this is an exchange uh, a, a little bit more intense for us because we never stop we're always on the road so people ask oh, where do you live I live where my two where twenty my suitcases, yeah. where my suitcases are I have two suitcases and that's it and it it is literally that we're not just saying that you know yeah. as a cliche uh, but the fact that uh, we are always in a different every week we're in a different place uh, meeting different people uh, we learn a lot about many different people and places and I think it opened up our head uh, I think it's the it's best just, thing in the world for a human being to be everywhere it is but it's pretty tough yes. when people think hey you're you're just having so much fun yes we do but f first we work for that because we still need to work and it's not easy because mm -hmm. you, you you consistently traveling it's it's nice for a month too but then if if it's not for you it's not for you yeah you just you probably figure that out pretty quickly you yes yeah. <laughs> and then you then, then you get grumpy and then you start being annoying <laughs> but uh, there are some people that they start uh, the giant uh, terrain life for a while and uh, like, okay I'll stay here for two years mm -hmm. and maybe live and go for new projects there are some people that they indeed they do that there are some people they end up staying 10 years or even more so it, it really depends on where you are and you, in which stage of your life you are with yourself and uh, if okay maybe this is still good for you or maybe not maybe you still want to keep working for Cirque du Soleil but you don't want to keep traveling so we can move for the resident shows or we can move for the, our headquarters in Montreal mm -hmm. so in Cirque du Soleil we have a hundred different types of positions so it doesn't matter what you do that's something that for sure you're gonna find uh, 
to What me. brought you to the Cirque from Brazil? How did you? For me, uh, I saw Cirque du Soleil uh, about uh, over 10 years ago, actually. I saw a show on TV and uh, months later we had a, that there was a show that was going to Brazil and I went to see it. It was Alegria. And I got super excited and uh, for some reason when I went to see the show, I saw people uh, working uh, there, not only on stage, because I love everything that's happening on the stage, but I have a special love for everything that's happening on backstage. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid and I used to rent a DVD, for example, the first thing I used to see was the behind the scenes part of it. Bef even before the movie, because for me it was amazing. So I always loved to, to learn things about backstage. And when I saw that there was a chance that I could be working there, I was like, wow, well, I want to look into that. So I started working as a local, and one show that came uh, to my city. And then one year later, another show came, and I worked with them and started to follow. Is still as a local. And then after I moved to Sao Paulo, which is a big city, I'm from Brasilia. Uh, which is a country inside and then I moved to a big city in my country and I started to get more experience and then I joined up uh, uh, the company later and, and here I am. So for Four me, years. it's a dream job. Yeah. Uh, I always wanted to be here and uh, I think I'm really lucky to be able to work with these people that are super talented. As well as and, we are. So it's also an exchange in a way. So uh, I, it's, it's something that I should be grateful every day. Yeah. For. I bet there are there a lot of um, unions that are made within the company, like marriages and and births and all this kind of thing. Because you have a family that's that tight with so many people. It can happen, like uh, like any other place. You know, when you're at school, you, know, you might meet someone, sure. or whichever job you have, you might just find someone there that uh, you end up uh, with that person. Now, in some of the shows, you do have people that end up uh, being married, or we have kids. Uh, mm -hmm coming, uh, you know, um, uh, born enough and, uh, as a result of that relationship. Uh, <laughs> when the show used to be at the big top, we had uh, lots of kids. I don't remember by head now. Like 17 but, or even more. Yes, we had quite a good amount of yeah. kids that uh, were born on tour. Back then when it used to be, we used to have a school. Yeah. Oh, where you taught the acrobatics and all that kind of stuff, you mean? Or a no, school, no, 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 school? actual school. Oh, okay. Yeah. For the kids and stuff, yeah. yeah. Now we, we, yeah, because uh, when we had uh, younger performers or the uh, performers, uh, uh, kids as well on tour, they used to be on, on the school uh, before. Yeah. So very cool. All right, before, so this will come out, this episode will come out on August 2nd. Mm -hmm. So where were you, where, where in the world will you be um, after that? So that We we'll still will be in the U.S. Uh, we will be traveling between U.S. and Canada mm -hmm. for the next uh uh, year. Okay. Uh, next year you said it's going to be next year August. No August this coming. Oh well. Next week. Okay. Next week. Oh. Next next week we'll be in Jacksonville, Florida, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll be heading after uh, from Jacksonville uh, to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, Indianapolis. So we will revisit Duluth, but then uh, we have a two weeks break and then we go to Canada, and mm -hmm. but we'll be back. We go to California. Okay. We go in between both countries. I'll put links on the on heyhumanpodcast.com that'll link to where you guys are so that <laughs> people can find it. Max, Sasha, thank you so much for your time. I don't want to take up too much of it. I know it's a busy day for you. Um, thanks for being on Hey Human. It's fun. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you for thank coming you. and enjoy the show. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thanks. Bye, everybody.